Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Kevin, have you had a chance to listen to our last podcast about springtime for Hitler? Listen to it? I edited it. And I, for one, for instance, never realized the American apartheid has been happening for generations. Yeah, how about that? So we'll look up more? Look up more? Of course not. The world is so depressed, with events that got us stressed, it's hard to get a listener in this way. Shows should be more witty. Shows should be more gitty. Shows should be more what's the word? Gay? Exactly. No matter what you do on her waves, keep it light. Keep it bright, keep it gay. Whether insurrection or outbreaks for days, don't complain, it's a pain, keep it gay. People want laughter when listening to shows. Instead, we bring history that they need to know. A happy ending can, can come in this way. 76 is a hit, cause they cut out truth shit. Keep it light, keep it bright, keep it gay. And as always on our podcast is Chris, our sound recorder. Hi, keep it hairy, keep it sweary, keep it gay. And our creator, Kevin. Hello, keep it chewy, keep it truthy, keep it gay. We're clever, creative, it's our job, you see. That research is perfect to show history. Kevin, I couldn't agree more. So more venturing down the rabbit hole? I thought we were going to make a show of silly entertainment. Shows like Mamma Mia, Brigadoon, or Painter Wagon. Why not? Think of the community impact. No. Think of the prestige. No, no, no. Think of the... Webby. Webby, 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 webby. Oh, oh my God, Kevin is having a stroke of genius. I can see it. People going into commutes to work. Kevin and Chris present history. A long, long commute that has lots of stops along the way. Kevin and Chris present history. Welcome back, folks, to another edition of Talking Musical History, where we talk the producers. I am Kevin. And I'm Chris. A uh, real pleasure to continue this. Um, that being said, we're going to be going through the, the darker ideas around the producers and sort of its existence. I think about the first time I watched the producers, and I didn't see, the producers wasn't the first Mel Brooks uh, thing that I saw, actually, like um, Blazing Saddles and uh, uh, Spaceballs I saw long before I saw producers. And honestly, I don't think I saw producers until I was in college. And in college, I learned this very interesting idea. 
So like there's this thing called like a, a film guarantee, okay? And so like the idea behind that is is that like when you're about to make a movie, you have to have someone help finance that process. A backer. You need a backer, yeah. I mean, they don't have to be little old ladies, but they could be if you wanted them to be. Uh, but usually people go through like banks or like some sort of financial financier of some sort instead of like, you know, uh, stupid old ladies. But ah. that's neither here nor there. Um, ah. The idea is, is that like you uh, get this backer to sort of front the money for the film and like if the film does well, you know, like, you know, they, they get their money back and everything is fine. But if the film flops... They basically just pay off all the debts, right? And so that's why, like, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, of course, like, someone who doesn't want to make legitimate art would think to themselves, oh, this sounds like a great money-making opportunity. I could just, like, pad the the whole process um, and, like, you know, run off to Rio. And honestly, the, the, the better game would be to just, like, make marginal work so at least you can like rake in some like consistent level of funds, but whatever. We're not we're not thinking rationally. We gotta we gotta get as much money out of the system as we can, I guess, because capitalism. Money, money, money. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh, it, it should have been a song about his greed instead of him stooping all those old ladies, right? Because that's that's really the the one element of that film that's not really outlined is their greed. I think I understand why it's not though. Why? Because they're Jews. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Ah, uh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. That's, God dang it. Jews are not going to make a show about Jews singing about how much money they want. Oh, did I just, was, was I accidentally anti-Semitic? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. It fits with the story. <laughs> this, not my intention. That being said, um, it does fit with the story. That being said, like, I get why it's not there. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Well, if you change the characters, I guess. I mean, they're they're the show's written to be Jewish. No, I know the show's written like to be 100%. Jewish. Like one hundred percent. No, and that's that's why it's really weird. That's why they think it would flop because like the Gentiles would know that it. Would. <laughs> I don't know why he's in style ever. He should never be in style. What the hell? You know, initially I thought the idea around the producers is like you kind of fake it till you'll make it sort of thing, but they're not ever trying to make it. They're just they're just faking it so they can run off with the money. To Rio, Rio by the sea ho. I want to be a producer seems so disingenuous with the way that it ends, right? But like honestly, if you think about it, a lot of producers don't really get the art around like making a good piece. They only want to make money. So I guess like he thinks he wants to be the producer that he sees versus the producer he should be that makes good work. And that's why you do a show like Springtime for Hitler because you don't care about the work. You're just trying to make money or at least raise money in their case because they weren't really trying to make money. They were hoping they weren't going to make money and then made money. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's like one of those like falling up sort of things. Uh, that, it is unhappy accidents. You know, I get the idea of like the uh, committing this fraud because, you know, honestly, like uh, around this, uh, America has a ridiculous uh, history around fraud. I mean, if you think about it, like, you know, the Brooklyn Bridge or like the Ponzi schemes or even like Enron or things like that. And we're not going to like obviously rabbit hole on, on any of those topics. But like if you think about it, like uh, uh, like. America has a deep tradition of fraud, and the producers is really just a, a, a film that's great at illuminating that. So you have like groups like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and like QAnon and all of that, and like they're all sort of like swirling around this 
white supremacist ideology. And I understand some people are like, oh, white supremacy, who who cares? You know, I'm a white guy, I don't care. If you have parts of the society trying to blow up other parts of the society, like you may not think it's going to affect you because they're not blowing you up directly. But like if you try to drive through that neighborhood or like try to move through existence and there's all of this destruction around because of the war zone, no one can get their stuff done. We're all working on the same ship, trying to sail this ship to success. Someone's like pissed off at the the folks that work in the galley, so so they like poison all the food. That's just gonna affect everybody on the ship. Even if you know not to eat it, even if you tell everybody else not to eat it, like the people that don't work on the ship is going to affect the overall performance of that ship. You want it to be successful, I would hope. I would hope people want things to be successful. Um, you you want to see people succeed. I, I would hope so. I don't, I don't know. Is, it, is that like t- controversial to say? I know. I want to see people succeed as best they can. As long as it's not to succeed and wipe out the human race, that's when I don't want people to succeed. Well, and that's why you can't like sort of like tease around a Nazism. Like, you know, you have like a, like a Prince Harry wearing like a swastika and like later on, like, you know, his wife is, uh, you know, she's a minority. So, well, his wife is, you know, African-American. And you, you have to think about it, right? Like, because that sort of behavior sort of gives a pass for other people's behavior that might affect something that you might want in the future to work well, right? And that's that's sort of the, the, the weird idea around it. And like um, the whole the whole ideology of just saying like, we want to oppress a people. We want to lock a people away. We want to like eliminate a group of people without like acknowledging their contributions to the world. It's just like really beyond my understanding. You know, the power of Nazi propaganda should be like watched out for because it, it it's a continuous thing that you have to like be aware of and like sort of throwing it out, playing with it like it's some sort of like frivolous thing without going through the process of like really examining it. I think is problematic. Don't be stupid. Be a smarty. Come and join the Nazi party. Like, if, if you look at, like, Blazing Saddles in comparison to to this, like, I think he does a really good job of, like, A, like, humanizing Black Bart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, also just, like, pointing out how stupid racism is. But in this, who who has a consequence? They end up in jail. For a little bit. But then the jail likes what they're doing, and... They get let out. Well, where's the consequences? Franz Lipkin, what shoots at them, right? Does he act, he act does he actually hit anyone with his gun? No, he shoots, but nobody gets hit. So like he shoots at them, and obviously you know attempted murder, but like whatever. I guess like uh, um, the only the worst thing that really happened in the show, if I think about it, the worst thing that happened in the show is he defrauded all those old ladies. Well, as Max Bialystok put it, it's one last thrill before the grave. Thinking of oh, like you know, if I can like make more money just like making a bunch of nonsense and and then i think to myself like why why nazis though right like i mean you think about like uh uh like first off americans will make any nonsense a success right i mean you think about the pet rock right like they could have made a musical about the pet rock right like that you would think that would be bound to fail but in 1975 <laughs> gary Dahl made four million dollars <laughs> in 1970s money with the pet rock four million dollars right pet rock the musical no 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 like well, the, the actual pet the actual pet, the actual pet rock so but like i would think that americans would probably accept a pet rock musical because like a pet rock could sell for four million, you could make they could probably like make millions of dollars making the musical about like the pet rock and or 
like not the bedrock, obviously, but like a rock or anything, anything. It could be literally if you, you could make a awful, boring musical about anything, right? Like obviously paint your wagon might be, <laughs> don't, don't, don't give fuel to Nazis. Not without going through the process of explaining in your show why they're awful. You can't have them win the war specifically. Like, I'm, I'm sure that was part of why people loved it, too, because they knew it was a farce because they, they didn't win. And so that helps promote them and make it seem like, oh, well, all these people agree with this. Then maybe it should have happened that way. That's stupid. Well, it's like all in the family. Um, Archie Bunker, the lovable bigot. And then he goes on to win America's heart and some people got the joke. Some people got it. They're like, it's a funny, you know, and other people thought that he was legitimately like, yeah, this guy speaks for me. Um," You know? Yeah. The, The thing, the difference with that is, is like they try to like show the human side of other people and pair that with Archie Bunker to sort of like create a, a sort of new story. And yeah, there are definitely people that sort of, could connect and agree with Archie Bunker, but at least it gives them a pathway to see something different. Sure. And I don't see Springtime for Hitler doing that, or or the producers for that for that matter, because like you know, like no consequences. Springtime for Hitler makes Hitler look silly, but I don't know if that's enough. There's enough about him looking silly. I mean, if you really want to look look into history, there's tons of stuff about him being silly. But I mean, like not a not on purpose, because he just didn't get it. Yeah, my, my mom actually uh, brought up a really interesting uh, point, right? Like, so you have Max Bialystok, who really used to be someone reputable, I guess, because he was the first time to do theater in the round in, in the square, right? No, no. He was the first one to do theater in the square, right? So obviously a theatrical innovator. Nobody had a good seat. Nobody had a good seat, right. There are certain companies that actually do that sort of thing. They, like, start off as, like, these great innovators, you know? Like, if, if I think about, like, GE, right? Like, everyone used to think GE is quality, and sometimes GE seems a little... Yeah, lackluster. Right, exactly. And, uh, um, you know, that doesn't have to be. Like, you can you can choose to not try to defraud people after you've, defi- like, created a great name. You can choose to, like... Uh, uh, do awesome things and try to do awesome things and partner with other people. Because, like, obviously, Max and Leo had chemistry and they could make legitimate good work, but they chose not to. And that's sort of the underlying story, I think, which is kind of sad. Because, you know, if if they had the integrity to, you know... Uh, try to do things better and make a better show. They could have made it, tried to make a good show instead of trying to, like, could you imagine? <laughs> but then there would be no story. There would be no musical. <laughs> but I, I, I think the story behind that, I think, is an interesting thought. So there's a song that Mel Brooks made for the movie To Be or Not To Be that's kind of directly related to the producers, obviously, because, you know, you still have the whole, like, uh, theaters producing Hitler. So he made this song for it because I guess in the 80s, everyone was making stupid movie-based songs. Oh, I'll just read the lyrics. Well, hi there, people. You know me. I used to run a little joint called Germany. By the way, this is a rap. I'm not going to rap it for real because I can't. Um, anyway, I mean, not that I don't have the ability to. I can flow if I want to, but I'm not going to on this. This isn't even Sondheim's witch's rap. I mean, you know, Mel, I love you, but come on. You could do a little bit better than this, Bobola. I used to run a little joint called Germany. 
I was number one, the people's choice, and everybody listened to my mighty voice. My name is Adolf. I'm on the mic. I'm going to hip you to the story of the new Third Reich. I think the truth about this song specifically and the thing that it bothers me is like there's nothing very silly in the lyrics, right? Like a lot of people talk about how it's important like uh, um, to mock Hitler in like Hitler satire, right? That's how you remove power from the person, right? Like, sad to say that you don't really see that at all in this rap, in my opinion. I don't know. In World War II, English people were hired to write jokes about Hitler. Really? We can't win a debate with folks like that, but you can laugh at him. You can always laugh at him. He's right about that. Yeah, like, but this, and that actually, Kevin, brings me to my problem with this particular song. I don't think, I think the only thing that he's saying is, is that like, the reason why this is silly is it's, it's, he made it a hip hop song. Okay. But do you understand that like, there's nothing inherently silly about a rap about Hitler Mm -hmm. other than it being hip hop, which is racist. Like at least the lyrics should reflect some sort of like satire itself. Yeah. Like his actual movie does you know it just it made me think about the othello rap it really did i was just thinking about that yeah i'm not too familiar with the othello rap it's from the reduced shakespeare company oh okay yeah, you were mentioning that was in high school and i remember sitting next to an african-american woman with me viewing this in the theater when it came to othello they clearly said well obviously we are racially challenged in this and the fact that we do not have, as you can see a black person in our crew, we are all pasty as white can be. And they overcame this obstacle by rapping about Othello. Oh, okay. Just rapping about Othello. There was no random black face, which is really where I thought things were going to go. No, 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 no. Um, but the reaction of the African-American woman sitting next to me was, oh, okay, so they're going to rap. That explains that. Do you, so, so she literally had the same feeling that I had. That's why I bring that up. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, back to uh, the whole to be or not to be yeah. thing. Because like, the, the lyrics that people actually probably more than likely don't know other than the Othello rap is the lyrics to um, Mel Brooks' song, To Be or Not To Be. Let's look at this, these lyrics together, Kevin. Um, have, you, have you seen anything that's like a, of, of note that you want to mention on this song? I got a one-way ticket to Argentina, to be or not to be, oh baby, can't you see? We've got to make it to the top. Hey Marty, why don't we throw a little Nazi party? We had an election, well, kinda, sorta. And before you knew it, it hello, new order. We had an election, well, kinda, sorta. Huh. I wonder what that's in reference to. Specifically, like, the ideas of this show, thinking about Hitler, but also in kind of, like, weirdness, thinking about Donald Trump as well, right? Like, how kind of buffoonish he is, honestly, if you think about it, right? Let's get back to talking about this rap. All right. You know, like, you know, mentions of Himmler and Hess and, like, all of these different things. And, like, it's not like... 
a repudiation of Hitler. It's like, like nowadays, I'm sure people like look at these lyrics and they're like, oh, that's cool. It's like, uh, like a, a very neutral thing that we can like hip hop around with. No one ever says it like that. I know. It's a, it's a lesson in, so here's where I, I came up with the connection with the Othello rap. With the Othello. Because Othello rap tells you exactly what happens in Othello. Where's the Holocaust? In this rap, where's the Holocaust? Wow. Thank you. He talks about the people around him committing suicide. People all around me started swallowing pills, right? But, like, there's really no mention of the negative things that he caused. It's sort of kind of like a German boogaloo. So I would say, actually, this is nothing like the Othello rap because the Othello rap tried to tell the complete story of Othello. And that is one word that is missing. Complete. Complete. You are 100% correct. That's a thing we're sort of struggling with in America now is like, um, are we telling a full and complete story that really does us justice for going forward with a brighter, better future? That like some things are just like things that are are lies and some things are purposefully left out of history in order for us to think things a different way. And I'm sure Mel Brooks didn't intentionally do it like this, but unfortunately he kind of did because he made a lazy rap song, right? Mm -hmm. Made a lazy rap song thinking that was enough satire to discuss Hitler. Wow. Yeah, no, you, you are right. Mel Brooks outraged the Jewish community Pissed off a lot of Jews. I think he would have pissed off less Jews if the Holocaust was mentioned in the fucking rap. Yeah, that would definitely be part of it. Like, you have to you have to point that out. You have to point out the negative things they do. If you're going to satirize it, you have to you have to add that in the dialogue. That's that's the great thing about Blazing Saddles. Seeing it's like, oh, if we didn't actually, you know, hate on our black sheriff. Maybe we would see success, but uh, um, it doesn't matter because he's going to do it anyway, and we'll see success anyway. And that's sort of like the the bad side of racism because you could go so much further if you didn't have that extra process. But and and that's sort of like my problem with with this song specifically. And I, I love the producers, and I I understand why some people would be upset about that, but like. Um, and I actually like his his movie to be or not to be as well. Like I get that. That actually to be or not to be the movie makes the producers even make more sense. Right. We call it like producers one point five. Exactly. Right. And then you sort of like get his understanding around like why Hitler should be mocked. But I feel like he actually was really safe in how he mocked Hitler. Yeah. You have people like Little Nas X who like now he goes up. And he rings that bell. He rings that bell. Mel Brooks. I don't think Mel Brooks really rung that bell. That's it, Kevin, right? Like, like he, he should have been like, it's, it's sort of the thing that I, like, with Little Shop of Horrors, right? Like, a lot of people talk about how, like, the, the hidden meanings of Little Shop of Horrors, and we've talked about those, too. And, like, yeah. that mu- musical rings the bell. They definitely ring the bell. That's a cool expression, Kevin. It's not mine. That's Mel Brooks. Oh, <laughs> Mel Brooks didn't ring his own bell. I forgot who told him, but that's that's what I got from the one of the interviews in the extra features of the producers DVD. Yeah, sorry, Mel. With this specific song, "To Be or Not to Be," you didn't ring the bell. And honestly, you probably could have rung the bell a little bit more for other producers. But I'm not trying to hate on that because that is a, 
hilarious show. Yeah, I mean, I think he may have not rung the bell because of constraints that he might have felt. I wish he would have been like as thoughtful, uh, and I hate saying it like this, but Trey Parker, Matt Stone, you know, like I I have my issues with them. That's neither here nor there. But at the end of the day, in Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, they would instead, they would go to a censor and they'd be like, oh, man. That's that's kind of a bit much, and they're like, "Oh, is it really? Oh!" And then they go back and they make it worse, right. and then they come back, and they're basically like, like psychological kung fu of the 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 censor that they're trying to fight against, and basically end up releasing a worse film in the eyes of censor. Like Mel, I feel like Mel is a little bit of a compromiser too, and just like gags and having fun and doing like takes. But yeah, um, you're right. Ringing the bell. After this message, we'll be right back. Yeah, initially I was mad. Roger Elizabeth Dupree uh, exclaiming, uh, I, for one, for once, never realized the Third Reich meant Germany. And, you know, at first I was like, what are you, a moron? And, and now, the more and more I look at it, and I think about that specific line, I think he actually means to think that, oh, I thought you were talking about America, not Germany. For all of you that just hit that realization with me saying that, I'm sorry. That being said, for all of you that knew that ahead of time, yeah, wow, this is what waking up feels like. Nothing wrong with being woke. Why does that have to be a bad term, right? Like, like sleep should be the better way to be, right? Like unconscious to the world around us. Yeah, that sounds real smart. Waking up is amazing. Yeah. And anyway, you know, like how else are we going to do the jitterbug and wake me up before you go, go. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging on like, like a yo-yo. yo-yo. There you go. Dubris. French basically saying bris. Dubris. Briss? It's, it's come from Briss. The bliss of the Briss. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Well, that's from Naked Boys. Oh. Naked. Where they have a whole song about the Briss. You know, you got the fraudy stuff. I wish they were more like fake it to you, make it, and like actually trying to do like positive things and succeed. You know, like you like try to get people along and to believe that you're the thing and get you to do the thing. And then all of a sudden you pull all the elements together. So now you're the thing, you know, like the whole idea of uh, building a plane while you're trying to fly the plane. Right. Like, and, and then all of a sudden, like, getting the plane together and actually flying it. That's, that's really it. But like, you know, you can't, you can't just, you know, fake it with the intention of continually faking it and never doing anything else. It's, it's super like uh, Donald Trump. And we saw that even like they did a producer's about like Donald Trump, like a producer sketch about like Donald Trump getting elected. Similar in story, I think. Yeah, it makes me think that they would really love to update it and change it and make it about Trump. <laughs> and it would just fit so well. It would, because I, I legitimately don't think that... He's been called the stupid Hitler. Well, it's not just that. I, I legitimately don't think he thought he was going to win. That's not a look of like, great, I won. That's a look of, oh shit, I won. If you've seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, sometimes you think the grift is up, 
-hmm. and and then it turns out that the grift can go on even larger and then you're like okay well i guess i have to shift what i'm doing and like figure out the next thing but like before we start talking about the scans part i think we really should take a look at like sort of the idea of putting Nazi propaganda out there because it's sort of insightful. And even though like we talked about how um, Mel Brooks had a little bit of a a challenge trying to figure out how to do the satire around this, specifically around the song to be or not to be. um, And like, you know, the struggles with trying to get the Jewish community to understand what he was trying to say around, um, the producers, you know, just a just a comparison because we're still like sort of like talking about the producers, Trumps, and Nazism. I, I don't know if there's a link. There might be Nazi imagery. If you look at old Nazi imagery, there's a lot of red. These things are not accidents that happen. Red imagery incites people. Red, the blood of angry men. That's actually a really good way to talk about it too, right? It it does incite. It's like the idea of you know the red cape for the bull. I guess that's why people use red imagery to incite people they would use really masculine looking imagery right the men look hyper masculine and the women were hyper feminine (laughs) i can accept that someone else's traditions are different than mine and they can practice them how they want to as long as they don't interfere with my life we all we all know what we all know what we like in our heroes right like our our heroes aren't oppressors like I, i mean like luke skywalker is not an oppressor Right. Captain Kirk is not an oppressor. Captain Hook is an oppressor, though. Yes. Oddly enough, he is somehow not the hero. Well, I guess, is he the hero of Hook? No, no. That's still Peter Pan. Wow. So he's not even the hero of the movie named after him, huh? Right. Huh. Oppressors, who knew? The, and there is a red scare in America. Right, the red scare. Zero Mostel was part of that. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. So, like, the ripples through history, right? And so during the courtroom scene, Zero was irritated, and something was bothering him because it was in that courthouse, in that courtroom, that he was called before the House Committee on Un-American Activities and blacklisted for working for 10 years. Yeah, that HUAC. They'll get you because they have nothing better to do. Yeah. Other than scare Americans. Now, Bialystok, the place in Poland, is known for its rampant homophobia. Oh, is it really? And I found this from the PBS NewsHour talking about in the wake of Holocaust Remembrance Week. Okay. And the Biden administration announced declaring that it was just this past April 4th. first week of April. Yeah. yeah, April 4th through the 11th. And there's talk about women resistors during the, the, the Holocaust that fought back. Some of them paid with their lives. And there's been several books uh, recently written about that. And there's a movie coming from Steven Spielberg. Oh, that sounds awesome. I think it's like a bit of the problem with uh, uh, sort of the whole like fascism, Nazism, whatever uh, MAGA thing. They sort of couch in the idea of freedom, right? Like, like um, I should be free to be able to discriminate against someone. Right? Religious liberty. Fine. Like, you know what? If you don't, if you don't want to speak to someone, if you don't want to associate with someone, that's fine. But like, if you're getting paid to treat someone as an equal, then gosh darn it you're getting paid to do it so either don't get the job or do the job 
like, but you know, they feel like their freedom sort of transcends that. And, you know, Nazis talk about freedom all the time. Oddly, I would never associate freedom with Nazis, but I guess they did how Hitler, uh, 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 sold it. Purity, world purity. Like that's, it's, it, it's a stupid idea because like, if anyone understands natural selection and diversity and all of that, like, like it is actually imperative for the world to have diversification because that's how the system is able to continue and exist. Right? Called like, an, an ecosystem for a reason. Like society is ridiculously necessary. And for some reason we act like it's not right? Because we have to rely on one another and we all have really unique ideas and different perspectives. And maybe we can learn something from all of that. If you know, there's a book in a library that will answer your question. Do you not go to that library to get that book? because you have a problem with that library? You know, I think everyone should stop trying to make fascism rich. Like defunding white supremacy, it's, it's a thing. Martin Luther King talked about, Gandhi talked about, a, a, cattle, a cattle rancher that like thought 10 of his cows weren't very cool, so like they'll just do whatever and die. Who cares about them? And like, I get it. Like we could always pretend and say like, oh no, those cows were fine. Yeah, they died, but they, they, they actually were helped out the most by that rancher. It, it's because they had drugs in their system. I mean, sure. Those were the drugs that the rancher put them in the first place so that they would grow larger, but we're not going to talk about that. It's really interesting how the world used to say, don't trust the internet. And now there's a whole half of America that's saying, trust the internet on this specific insane idea, but not on anything else like coronavirus or police brutality. If only the Nigerian prince was real and did good. The, the Nigerian prince probably could have started some sort of like news outlet. It's almost ubiquitous, right? Like you, you can't, you can't walk into a room and say like Nigerian prince and not have everyone know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, that scam. There's always the idea of fake it till you make it right. Donald Trump, I get it, has made his name over that idea, right? I mean, like, you know, he he faked being a powerful businessman and he made it as a powerful businessman president of the United States. So congrats to him, I guess. And sure, right, like, you know, I get a lot of heat, like billions, right? But like he's bankruptcy four times, right? He, he, he's been through bankruptcy four times in 1991, 1992, 2004, and 2009. And remember, he did lose the popular vote both times and scam people out of more money than they intended to in the first place. Just like the scams we were mentioning before, right? Rules, right? So Trump had been repeatedly fined for breaking rules related to the operation of casinos. In 1990, with Trump Taj Mahal in trouble, Trump's father, Fred, strolled in and, and bought about 700 chips worth of about $3.5 million. And the purchase helped pay uh, casino debt that was due, but because Fred Trump had no plans to gamble, the New Jersey Gaming Commission ruled that it was a loan that violated operating rules. Trump paid a $30,000 fine in the end, and the, the loan didn't prevent a bankruptcy because the, the place still went bankrupt right because we said in 91 springtime for trumpler and white supremacist too yeah and well you know he and his father didn't allow uh black people to live in sort of their housing and they actually got 
push back against that, right? So that's sort of a part of their history. But let's let's talk let's talk let's keep it scam related, right? Let's keep it scam related because it's the producers. Springtime for Trumpler and real scammers too. <laughs> he also like so you know how Donald Trump wrote a bunch of books. Don't be stupid. Be a smarty. Come and join the MAGA party. Um, don't join them. $55,000 buying his own book, Crippled America, How to Make America Great Again, so that he could raise his status in book sales. And of course, who can forget about uh, Trump University, right? In 2005, a, a university to teach his real estate development secrets. Uh, student, students had to pay about $35,000, some after being sucked in by slick free seminars, to learn how to get rich. In fact, Trump had little to do with the curriculum or the instructors. They would get to meet the man himself, Donald Trump. Like, and it's just really sad that like consistently we see him trying to hoodwink and bamboozle and snooker and steal people's money. And people don't get mad at him. Because they watch it from their idiot box. Yeah, well, I mean, like, a part of it is, like, uh, uh, Fox News saying that it's okay that Donald Trump is stealing from you. The Trump University shut down in 2010, and in November 2016, Trump agreed to settle a series of lawsuits related to the school for $25 million. Yeah, I mean, you know, because innocent people pay out for lots of things, right? Because they're innocent. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's the whole trick around pardons, too, right? When you accept a pardon, you also accept guilt. He legitimately doesn't like paying people. He would get people to work like 80% of a job, right? And then he would fire that team and say, you do an awful job, ask for a refund, take his money back, and then hire a different team to do it for less. Since 80% of it work was already done, he would pay them less and then, you know, have them finish the job. I actually, like, uh, one of my friends actually worked this. I'm not going to keep him a name, but, like, he, he, he worked for Donald Trump in construction. He firsthand felt it like, yeah, we did the job and we were almost done with the job. And he said we did a crappy job. It was terrible. He fired us and did, like said that, you know, we like he wasn't wasn't giving he wanted his money back. And then he hired someone else to finish the job, not change the job, finish the job. And do it for less because they didn't have to do all the work. There are many contractors that filed $5 million in liens against Trump's new hotel in Washington, alleging he had not paid them for services rendered. And of course, who can forget the wonderful good time play of the Trump Foundation? It's like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, no, right? No, it's not. No. They're, they're both rich. It, it, it's fun show drama. Kevin, Kevin is completely aware. Bill is trying to help our world out yeah, for the better and, and that that's sort of like why the like I, I assume there are some people in the q realm who believe that like bill, bill gates is a lizard or something like that if you truly believe someone is an alien what is that person's motive for existing then if that person is in fact an alien trying to give people solar isn't the worst thing in the world right trying to make renewable energy isn't the worst thing in the world trying to make the planet a better place to live in so the water isn't poison and that like there aren't like ravaging fires or ridiculous hurricanes every year that's not a bad thing Won't someone think of the children Right. I mean, really think of the children. Like legitimately, not just like the American people. 
the children, the people who we blanketly say things for but don't really care about. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. You know, and that brings us back to what you were talking about earlier, Kevin, around the idea of Trump was trying to sell his big lie and basically convince people to give him money, give me money, give me money, because, you know, uh, I'm the only truth in your life, which is unfortunate. If Donald Trump is your truth, I'm really sorry. You should find a new truth. We have faith that you will find a new truth. I, I, I do. I do. You can do it. It has to come out of love, though. It always has to come out of love. That being said... He basically got all these people to give him money and, you know, we're, we're learning more about this, but like he put a checkbox at the bottom of the thing and tricky to understand. I get that super sketch force you down the, the road of recurring payment. I wouldn't even be talking about this if like if everybody was 100 percent cool on it. But because of because of like people were unexpectedly hit by these charges and really surprised by it, he became what, like the number one, like fraud case mm -hmm. in America, like at, at the end of 2020. How, it's not an accident that he went from being like, you know, regular Donald Trump to the biggest scam artist of the year. Um, instead of giving your, your, trust and love to someone who obviously doesn't care about you or your money you know maybe maybe find out what the other guy has to offer as world war ii approached a dozen broadway dramas address the rise of nazism in europe and the issue of american non-intervention the most successful was lillian hellman's watch on the rhine april in 1941 to a movie two years later with betty davis and paul lucas who won a Best Actor Award from the Academy, Golden Globes, National Board of, Re of Review, and the New York Film Critics Circle. He was born Jewish, was later adopted, giving him his last name, and arrived in Hollywood in 1927, same year that Showboat premiered at the Ziegfeld Theater, dealing with racial themes, where Paul Lucas originated the role in Broadway for Watch on the Rhine. If you're going to talk about fraud, you have to talk about uh, Charles Ponzi, right? The, the Ponzi scheme. Yeah. That's, that's where the name Ponzi scheme comes from, obviously, Charles Ponzi. And uh, um, the, the scam is, uh, what did you say earlier? The scam is to... Basically, it is robbing Peter to pay Paul. And then you take the money that you owe Paul and you, you borrow it against what you owe Adele. Or even Sarah. Yeah. And it just keeps going and going and going. So the, the most famous artist around this, obviously, uh, in modern history is Bernie Madoff. But uh, Ch Charles Ponzi, just to compare, uh, raked in $15 million over the course of 18 months by promising outrageous short-term profits of 50 to 100% uh, when he was, in fact, shuffling money from one person to another uh, to the next while keeping most of it for himself. Hey, you want to get rich? Come with me. Come with me and get rich quick, buddy. And uh, uh, so Ponzi was convicted in 1920 and imprisoned and paroled and continued running other scams, which is amazing to think about it. Uh, um, that's what I assume Donald Trump would do. But anyway, um, and was a prison again. Uh, uh, Ponzi was and finally was uh, deported to his native Italy. 
So uh, Bernie Madoff actually uh, became the king of Ponzi schemes in recent memory, and he died at the age of 82 before the end of, of his 150-year prison term. Like he was going to finish that anyway? This is believed to be the largest in Wall Street fraud. Over the years, uh, coin-imported trustees laboring to unwind the scheme had recovered more than $14 billion of an estimated $17.5 billion for investors put into uh, Madoff businesses at the time of uh, Madoff's arrest. And uh, fake account statements were telling clients uh, they had holdings worth $60 billion. At the time of all of this, you know, Bernie Madoff was uh, had a net worth of $823 million. He was flying high. Not, nothing was going to touch him. He was he was so Icarus. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 uh that's a legitimate thing to say. He was uh, definitely uh very Icarusy in that scenario. Madoff pleaded guilty in March 2009 to securities fraud and other charges, saying that he was deeply sorry and ashamed. Uh, now, uh, um, you know, like I I don't really feel cool about the idea of like how hard we punish sort of uh. uh financial crimes versus like violent crimes like i feel like you know uh, uh you know you do a violent crime and you're 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 likely to walk especially if you're a police officer breaking news or uh you know like uh, uh, a lot of anything but like you know financial kinds of paid par- like you 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 don't pay parking tickets you know you don't get your registration done yeah. like that could be a death st- sentence in this country that's weird right it's weird that we value money so much here I'd hate to bring it back, uh, uh, back to discrimination and whatnot, but I, I'm, I'm assuming in this like whole idea of Ponzi schemes and like a lot of these things that usually black people are going to be at the bottom of that Ponzi scheme. They're going to be convinced to come in, and they're going to be the ones usually uh, knocked off, right? And like I, I feel like you know, like thinking about all these different scams, like it usually affects people like that. Like you know, the disenfranchised usually are the ones that get scraped off the quickest and the fastest either through like you know fraud or government services right like the elderly get scammed way too much here you want a reverse mortgage but i mean like you know and that that's like that's what i'm saying like you know this age discrimination uh sex discrimination all of this is like um it 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 is easy like like fraud like this financial fraud like this is just like really makes it easy for for people to do those sort of things the greatest fraud which is the the white supremacist patriarchy that sort of like splits us up and allows like you know vultures to like feed on us and like like not try to take care of the flock and like make sure everybody is like you know doing well and being successful is a fraud you know because trickle down right trying to bring it back to to focus around producers because like you know what if they had done a musical right i think I think Bialystok and Bloom initially could have been successful producers, right? Because mm-hmm. they knew how to bring people together and make a, a good show. Yeah. And if they would have taken their things seriously and worked hard, I think they would have been a much more awesome force for good. But just wanted to drink champagne telly pukes. That's the thing, right? Like, if you think that's what a producer does, then that's all, like, I mean, like, you're it's all about money then. The real true people of theater, like the people that grind out and make it uh, happen, the, the, the people that become a community and a, like a, a force for change, like 
like relying on each other and like building each other up so they can make the best show because that's the thing, right? Like the thing that you use to like help create an emotional uh, experience, catharsis, like a connection with people, that's the thing that matters. And like theater does that, I think, above all else. And like, you know, like there's racism and sexism, homophobia, transphobia, all of that all around this uh, uh, country, all around this world. But I think in theater... We just don't do it as much. I'm sorry. Like, people might disagree. They understand the power of community, right? And it can't be a specific community because everyone has skills and talents they can bring together to the pool to make the show amazing. Yes. We're stronger together. Don't be Bialystok and Bloom. Support and cultivate the things you believe in with the goal in mind that this thing will help your future, our future, society carry on do your research don't present dishonesty as fact do your research and of course it is okay to make mistakes but making amends is the most important thing yeah and to make the connection even stronger between trump and hitler jimmy kimmel live did a very special sketch uh he got uh matthew broderick and uh, nathan lane to reprise their characters, uh, Max Bialystok and uh, Leo Bloom. Well, it was basically like springtime for Hitler, but... For us getting all trumped. Yes. <laughs> You've been trumped. Yeah, no, def definitely. Um, so basically, like, right after the inauguration. Yeah, they, about one month. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, they released this little sketch uh, basically talking about how Donald Trump... Um, and it seems very likely that this is possible. Like, I felt like Donald Trump didn't think he was going to win, but I knew because of his popularity in news media. When you see someone every day, you recognize their name. That is why dead celebrities do better than normal politicians, because people know their name. Donald Trump spends all this time raising money, not thinking he was going to win. I guarantee and uh when he won it was like oh like probably continue to raise money right because he had that what that girl scout troop was it like a girl scout troop that he didn't pay veterans that? well veterans yeah because like he raised money for veterans and didn't pay them out and like um was sued over that and then there was like a few other things as well but end right at the end he's still scamming them right because we talked about that get you going in get, get you, you going, going out, out. Like, honestly, I think Donald Trump is the quintessential scam artist, right? Like, he has the the most amount of bankruptcies, right? Like, uh, out of someone who has no business doing that with the level of money they have, right? Yeah. Like, uh, um, I think it's funny how, like, John Oliver did. Uh, Sunday, April 18th episode of last week's night with John Oliver. They talked about all of the pitfalls and the, 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 the politics involved. Like bankruptcy, yeah. Yeah, chapter seven and chapter uh, thirteen, definitely. Um, but like, like every like throughout that video, he's saying how like you know there's such a such a stigma, you know, and those are irresponsible people and all of that. And like, well, we 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 hired one of those people as president. Thank you very much for tuning in to la, la, the third la, la, and la, final la, part la, la, of la, la, the producers, la, fraud la, and Nazis, la, 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 la. and. We will be coming back next time with singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. It, it should be a really fun time. Uh, it's one of my favorite musicals, definitely. It really defined sort of the Hollywood era, like silent pictures to talkies and also 
showing how silly and sort of performative Hollywood is in general. So, and thank you for tuning in because we understand we are trying to do these as much as we can. So there will be some breaks, but thank you for sticking with us and tuning in to Talking Musical History. Yeah, thank you guys for all listening. I am Kevin. And I'm Chris. See you back next time. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, have you had a chance to listen to our last podcast about springtime for Hitler? Listen to it? I edited it. And I, for one, for instance, never realized the American apartheid has been happening for generations. Yeah, how about that? So we'll look up more? Look up more? Of course not. The world is so depressed, with events that got us stressed, it's hard to get a listener in this way. Shows should be more witty. Shows should be more gitty. Shows should be more what's the word? Gay? Exactly. No matter what you do on her waves, keep it light, keep it bright, keep it gay. Whether insurrection or outbreaks for days, don't complain, it's a pain, keep it gay. People want laughter when listening to shows. Instead, we bring history that they need to know. A happy ending can, can come in this way. 76 is a hit. Cause they cut out truth shit. Keep it light, keep it bright, keep it gay. And as always on our podcast is Chris, our sound recorder. Hi, keep it hairy, keep it sweary, keep it gay. And our creator, Kevin. Hello, keep it chewy, keep it truthy, keep it gay. We're clever, creative, it's our job, you see. That research is perfect to show history. Kevin, I couldn't agree more. So more venturing down the rabbit hole? I thought we were going to make a show of silly entertainment. Shows like Mamma Mia, Brigadoon, or Painter Wagon. Why not? Think of the community impact. No. Think of the prestige. No, no, no. Think of the... Webby. Webby, 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 Webby. Oh, Oh my God, Kevin is having a stroke of genius. I can see it. People going into commutes to work. Kevin and Chris present history. A long, long commute that has lots of stops along the way. Kevin and Chris present history. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.